previously on the Simply Human Podcast. Okay, I'd like to pause very briefly. So you're at a conference for work. Right. And you're wearing a ball cap. <laughs> it was at night. It was, it was dinner. It was hot. It was the summer. It's episode 91 of the Simply Human Podcast with your hosts, Mark and Rick, two human beings being human. Our goal is to help you understand how humans are designed to eat, sleep, move, and enjoy, and how you can start living more like a human today. On today's show, it is coach and movement expert, Michelle Richards. She's the co-founder of The Result Cult. Then it's another moderately funny edition of the Humans Being Human segment and the return of Blake Lewis. And we're up with our Simply Human Tip. How are you, Rick? I'm great. How are you, Mark? I'm good. Well, I guess you're not going to... Be correct in your grammar. Yeah, no. Again? Because yeah. we already have recorded this segment once, but uh, your computer ate it. But uh, I tried I to reenact. It's not saying that I'm doing well because Mark, Mark is one. Let me tell you, everyone out there who doesn't know Mark personally, all right? You might think you know him from listening to the podcast, but you don't because he's a real piece of crap. Because oh. I'll text him something and I'll have like a typo. And li- like, I think what I typed yesterday is I'm meaning to say like uh, uh, I, I'm in Fort Worth or something and I wrote. I uh, like accidentally hit I am and my phone corrected that to I'm I apostrophe M and Mark spent 50 text messages after that being like, Oh, Hey everybody. Rick doesn't know how to speak the English language. Oh, typo. You're such an idiot. You don't even know what you're talking about. Like attributing false quotes to me with the word I'm instead of in for like or just 30 I, minutes yeah. nonstop. So there's fun. Mark Rogers, everyone. Well, he's real. Uh, he's, 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 he's a real grammar man, except when he's using the <laughs> spoken language. When he's not grammar man. To me, like, you shouldn't have to, like, correct text messages. Like, if you mess up, you should just be able to let it go and everyone yes. just understands. Well, and with some people like you, you can't do that. You yeah. have to immediately do, like, the asterisk, right. like, in instead of I'm or whatever. Right, right. You you don't let anyone go with right. that. Well, I feel like I should start doing that. Um, I, I yeah, have I a, should, you should. I, I have something that I, I need to talk about. It's a, it's a story's a couple weeks old, but I, I, I think it's important on two counts. The first is that it's a... It's a mystery of mankind that mm. one of the the most pressing mysteries in our in our in our in the human race that has been answered. And well, the, you're not building that up to be something big. Yeah, and the second component of this is that is our you know connection with the simply Sasquatch podcast. <laughs> um, Those bastards. <laughs> <laughs> trying to t- trying to corner the market on podcasts with the name simply in them. Yeah, yeah. So that that in the beginning part of the show, we used to simply say if you like Googled sim or put in simply human in iTunes, like simply Sasquatch would come up. Now simply human comes up. If way you just more. type simply H, simply human is the one that pops up first. Yeah. But if you type simply, it's always simply Sasquatch. Sasquatch and I want to see. So here's the like, story. I, d- d- does a podcast about Sasquatch? Does that have like think, a lot of legs? Does I don't that know. have room to grow here? It's very hairy legs. <laughs> oh. Okay. What so are you, what are you doing? So here's the story out of Bel Belfair, Washington, and I think I don't know if, if you've seen this. There's just just bear with me. There's a lot of parts here that we need to get to. That's, okay. That's Nancy Hoggart. <laughs> that is actually pretty funny. Told Bigfoot Tracker that she and the infamous Bigfoot have been in a sexual relationship since 2008 and are quote trying to start a family. Talk slower. You haven't heard this. No, I'm, okay. no, Mark. I'm not reading actively reading uh, Bigfoot fantasy tracker. sex stories from women and uh, Sasquatches. No, I, okay. I have not read. This. So listen. So she claims that he lives in Mason County, and that she first encountered the beast while tending to her marijuana grow. 
Okay. <laughs> there are so many. There are so many more components to this. So she she quotes. She's quoted saying, "Bigfoot was standing there eating all the buds off my plants. At first, I wanted to run because he's very scary, but I thought he might eat all of my marijuana plants, and that's how I used to make a living. I pointed my shotgun at him, and he put up his hands, scared." I feel like we should do the red flag game or where you say a red flag i just raise one up here yeah well just wait quote that's when i looked down and noticed he had a huge erection between his legs ding red flag and then quote 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 and i hadn't gotten in i hadn't gotten any in a while and well from there it somehow turned into an adult movie direct direct quote she orders a pizza from Domino's, and Sasquatch is the one that delivers it. She opens the door and says, oh, I don't have any money. And he opens a pizza and says, anyone order a meat lover's pizza? Sasquatch's penis is shoved into the box. Okay, so... So, there's some other things that I'm not... There are some other things that I'm not going to read that are... That are R-rated. Then she she jokes. He is or jokes. She's quoted. He is so sweet and caring. He brings me flowers and mushrooms. Holds me while we stargaze... The only downside is that he don't speak English. <laughs> okay. I think she, I don't know if she's found a Sasquatch. She might have found like a Greek immigrant, right. like someone who from a country just very, very hairy, hairy that, yeah. don't, that they, they don't use English. There's, just a, there's a few more little points that I want to make here. Hoggart said they're trying for a baby with no luck thus far. No kidding. Quote, once I'm pregnant, Bigfoot or John, as I call him. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty offensive to just call him yeah. if you're involved in a sexual relationship. You got to give him a real name, yeah. right? Kind of give him, <laughs> just call, him, call him John. John and I are going to settle down and live a quiet, domesticated life in my house. Uh, she says she has to commute three hours to be with her man, and it's getting old. Gas is expensive. Uh, she's going to change her name to Nancy Bigfoot. Uh, <laughs> and then here's here's the last part. So ask asked if she's going to you know reveal and you know. Bigfoot to the masses. She says, nah, government scientists will just take and dissect him or try to turn him into a soldier to fight ISIS or something. You know how the government is. <laughs> yep, I know how the government is. They're just DARPA is spending trillions of dollars trying to develop Sasquatch. anti-ISIS Sasquatch warriors because <laughs> if there's one species of of uh of creature that will last well in uh 130 degree <laughs> desert in syria it's that's cool. uh, uh one that's 11 feet tall and covered with hair oh my goodness so they'll, they'll last really well i heard i saw that i saw i heard someone talking about it and i looked that story up and thought man i've got it i've got to tell Rick where did that. you hear someone talking about that please tell me it was like in a crowded bus or something <laughs> it was the musers this morning oh, okay Gor- well, it was in gordo's corner well, um so okay. i stole it i don't think they read it exactly like that it's but, all right yeah yeah. Anyway. Well, let me tell you, that lady, she's on to something. Hoggart. Nan- no, Nancy Bigfoot. She's going to change her name to Nancy Bigfoot. Okay. I feel like we need to have her on, by the way. Oh, my gosh. That's a great idea. I'm going to... I'm gonna I'm gonna reach out. Just to look her. up Nancy Bigfoot in the uh... <laughs> the yellow pages. Yeah, awesome. Well, I may try to reach out to her. Um, let's go ahead and get to our interview with Michelle Richards. Um, she's the. Uh... We're apologizing to Michelle for the intro to her <laughs> oh, to her very informative interview. Wow, in which we talk about Sasquatch uh, being an sex. adult film. Yeah. <laughs> And Sasquatch porn. Yeah, we sorry. talked about some Sasquatch porno. Sorry about that, Michelle. It, it was it's in the news, so that's. Uh, oh yeah, so it counts. It's okay. Okay. Um, yeah. okay, we have to talk about the website simplyhumanlifestyle.com. and if you go to the store tab, 
We have all the things. Don't that, call it store though because it's confusing. Go to shop. Well, no, no. Simplyhumanlifestyle.com slash shop. Right. That's the slash. But if you actually go to the website, the tab says store. I think you should probably change the tab well, I tried. to where it's, it matches exactly with the slash. It's a whole big problem. It's a it's a thing. So just go Way to, to go, the, just do it. But most people will just go to the website and just click on the store tab. Then all of our the, the primal professional, which is the uh, very professional looking Oxford shoes that have a zero drop but a false heel. We've got a very cool the kind thing. of shoe that if Sasquatch had an office job. He would he have would to, need wear. to wear, right? Because he likes to keep it natural. Exactly. Um, we talked. We had Jason Miracolton on the last show, and we uh, really we were promoting their new book, the Mi- the Micronutrient Miracle. And if you buy that book for fifteen dollars, you get two hundred dollars in gift cards from a bunch yeah, of different places. Yeah, I feel like if you missed out on some of the interview or on the the special deal, go back to the last episode and listen to it. It really is like the Amazing. deal of a lifetime. I did we're getting it. a yeah. ton of stuff back. It's yeah. like. You have until, it feels like a very financially irresponsible amount of freebies right. if you buy this $15 book. But you, uh, you have go, until, to the, go, go and find out. You have until August 31st. If you have questions or can't find it or have any, you know, just email me. SimplyHumanLifestyle at gmail.com. Uh, like us on Facebook. Uh, subscribe on YouTube. And uh, follow me on Instagram and Twitter at SimplyHuman52. Uh, we also have links on that store page to the Jonathan Baylor Garden in a Glass and all of his stuff. Ah, and yes. we've got Slanker Grass-Fed Meats. Uh, if you click on the, the picture on that page and go and order some stuff from Slanker, it's really, really good stuff. It's, I've been ordering my meat there for the last five years. Uh, and, uh, you know, I've been out there to visit Full the disclosure, if you're, you know, these are products that we believe in. That's why we, we have relationships with these people. We wouldn't have, like, a relationship with, you know, Hershey's chocolate or something right. that we think is garbage. But if you go through our website, you click through there, you help kind of support, you know, the, the website, you help support the podcast, and you help support yourself to be a healthier version of yourself. So... That's why we are pushing. Hey, go to our, go to the store, and uh, and browse through and, and make some good life choices. There. Boom. All right. So boom. let's get to our interview. Quit saying, with the... saying boom. Golly, you've done that again. Start. I know. And you did that wrapping up the interview that we uh, we just finished. So thank, stop saying. Thank you for getting on to me about that. And that, uh, turn your hat. I find that very annoying. Um, all right. So <laughs> let's get to our interview with Michelle. We talked to her about qualitative versus quantitative movement, CrossFit, positions all humans could do. The FMS test, Maslow's Hierarchy of Needs, Specializing, The Result Cult Book, Throwing Underhand versus Overhand, Duck Feet, The Best Position, Paddleboarding, and Being Outside. Here is Michelle. All right. Joining us today on the Simply Human podcast, super excited to have Michelle Richards on the show. She's the co-founder of The Result Cult, personal trainer at Harbor Island Athletic Club, a CrossFit mobility coach at CrossFit Tampa Bay and creator of her blog, The Movement Project. Welcome, Michelle. I hope all that was accurate. Uh, yeah, that was exactly right. Thank you. <laughs> awesome, awesome. So uh, we'll just start off, and Rick is on the call too. And, uh, and Hi. You, <laughs> and, hey. and we'll just start off by you giving us your background, sort of where, how did you get interested in movement and sort of how you got to where you are today? Yeah, totally. So it's... Uh, I guess it's an okay, kind of cool story. I started off as an athlete. I played softball in college. Where? I I played at Blackhawk College, actually a really small school in Illinois. And I had a lot of chronic injuries, which led to me becoming a strength and conditioning intern. And that was my major, was exercise science for the last two years of my career. And I actually, at that point, was going to University of Tampa. Okay, okay so I played at Blackhawk College and then transferred to University of Tampa for the remainder of my college career. And uh, from there, I met this really awesome mentor who 
opened up my eyes from sports training and the conventional exercise to a whole new world of, I guess, quality movement. And I, you know, everything really started from there. Besides that, I went to work at Harbor Island Athletic Club uh, shortly after I got my bachelor's and started getting my master's at University of South Florida. And in the midst of that, met my my co-author, my, my co-worker, uh, Mike Ritter, and he was really into nutrition and very into um, wellness and uh, quality-based nutrition. And then we kind of hooked up and everything kind of exploded with our whole philosophy. And then we wrote our book and everything else. So that's kind of my background is mostly movement, um, going from uh, being crazy about exercise and always kind of trying new things with diet and never feeling very satisfied. And then when I found my philosophy and when I figured out that I could be more performance driven and quality driven with my movement, with my diet, I, I really got hooked and, and now feel completely satisfied. Cool. So, yeah. So how would you define, you know, you talk about quality movements or qualitative movements, like what define that for us? Okay. So yeah, quality to me is how well can you move? Um, in our society today, and I've heard Rafe Kelly come on your podcast and talk about this and Katie Bowman and stuff. And they, they hit the nail on the head when they're talking about how in modern day society, we're sitting, we're sedentary, you know, we're driving cars, we're not moving as much as we used to. So we don't move very well. And then in exercise in the fitness industry, we push more of how much can you move and how many calories can you burn. That to me is quantitative. Okay. So how many calories you can burn and how much you can move versus the qualitative, which is how well can you move? What can you do with your body? Yeah. And, and, you know, being a CrossFit coach, I know like that's, that must be something that you've had to sort of reconcile because I know, I I know CrossFit in its, in its genesis wasn't about, volume wasn't about quantity it was more about you know minimum effective dose and it sort of turned into this you know how many you know uh, thrusters can you do in in five minutes kind of deal so how do you reconcile as someone who understands quality versus quantity sort of the whole like crossfit uh, movement and and that way of, of exercising oh yeah so all right i'm a big crossfit competitor myself and my boyfriend is a freak about crossfit we love it however Anything that you abuse and anything that you do in large volumes, I think, can be, you know, overly religious and you can completely overdo it. So I see a lot of people in my practice coming to me for assessments that have a lot of chronic injuries from CrossFit because of the amount of volume. Naturally, if you do a lot of reps and you're very quantitative driven, like you said, five minutes of straight thrusters is going to blow you up and you're going to have, you know, injuries or issues that that come out of that if you're not taking care of yourself and you're not also working on quality movement in the midst of that. So I like to balance it out. I do my qualitative training, meaning I work on how well I can move, which includes a lot of mobility, a lot of stability. And I I complement that with being competitive at the box about four times a week and going in and trying to lift heavy and, and go fast. And that's fun too. I love the work capacity stuff that CrossFit brings to the table. And I love that people are becoming so performance driven in CrossFit. Yeah. I was just telling my business partner, I'm so excited about all the people that are coming to me now that want to get better at overhead squatting, that want to get better at their movements because they found out 
that they weren't very good because they started doing CrossFit. So they accidentally were exposed to their restrictions just by doing CrossFit. So it's great. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's like uh, one of the things that I think if everybody that goes into a CrossFit gym would take that mentality into it with the whole quality first and then the, the, and then then we can stack on work on top of the quality movements, then I think, you know, yeah. it would be just an incredible, you know, it's, it's, it's a great thing. I, I love what it's doing. And so I've always said, like, if you're an athlete and you're like competing, then, then you should absolutely be doing CrossFit. It's like, that's like saying, well, if you're an NFL player, like, well, you probably shouldn't like do things that are going to help an NFL player out. You need to do other things. Like, obviously, if you're an athlete and that is your thing, and that is how you want to, to increase your workload and all that, then yeah, go for it. But I think, yeah, I think if all, just like sort of the average Joes would just, would worry, would do qualitative first and then quantitative. I think that is, that is good stuff. So, um, but yep. what are some things in your opinion, like what are some movements or positions that all humans should be able to do like any time a day, like no matter what? Yeah. Uh, well, I think Kelly Strett says the best when he talks about just squatting, right? So, Put your fists in between your feet. Can you squat all the way down, keeping your heels on the ground, butt to calves? Can you do that or can't you do that? Uh, I think, you know, there's so many people that would definitely say they cannot. Uh, Besides just uh, squatting as a basic human function, the whole functional movement screen is filled with its seven different movements. Uh, This is a test that a physical therapist named Gray Cook came up with to bridge the gap between physical therapy and personal training and basically have a a standardized measurement for human movement. So that's what I personally use is the functional movement screen. And it's an easy way to score people's movements. So it includes an overhead squat, stepping over a hurdle, uh, doing a lunge, trying to get your fists together behind your back, lifting your leg up, and doing a crawling pattern and a push-up pattern. So those would be the ones that I go by all the time. How, yep. how often do you see someone that comes in that can barely do any of those? Because I, I, I think about most of those sound like I could probably do them right now. The squatting one might be a little bit difficult for me, but uh, d- just as a result of modern human life now, with sitting on your car, sitting in your office, sitting here, sitting there, how many times do you get somebody that just has that surprises you with a lack of mobility? Probably every day is what I would guess. <laughs> every yeah, yeah, every day for sure. Yes, every single day, absolutely. Yeah, we, I mean, I work with. Uh, uh, I've got my strength coach certification. I work with some of the the athletes at the university that I work at, and we did the FMS on them. And there was probably out of a hundred guys, maybe two of the guys that scored like it really well on on all of those components. It, it's just that's really surprising. Unbelievable. Like you know, athletes. They that, that's their stock and trade is moving their bodies and yeah. getting performance out of their bodies. But does that uh, what do we I don't know, like, I guess my general question is, what do we do about that? Are we putting too much emphasis on, uh, you know, how fast you can run and your times mm-hmm. and how much you can bench and how much you can squat and not enough emphasis on, hey, let's you're building you're, you're exercising. The purpose of exercising and getting fit is to live a, a productive, long, healthy life. Are we not putting enough yeah. emphasis on that, I guess? Yeah, you're exactly right. I mean, the way that we like to talk about it is kind of in reference to Maslow's hierarchy of needs. I don't know if you all are familiar with that psychology pyramid. Yeah. So like, so we talk about that uh, pyramid in the same sense that we talk about our movement. So Gray Cook's got a really good hierarchy where it goes, number one, um, mobility, number two, stability, 
And number three and four goes skills and performance. So when we talk about it in our book, the book that we wrote, we talk mostly about those primitive needs, the the foundation of that pyramid. And we tie in not just movement, but stress, psychological stress and food. And what are the most basic of our needs? Because I think that not just a movement, but in everything, we're skipping to the top. So like you guys are talking about movement wise, that we're trying to work on, you know, how your arm swing is and how fast your your feet are moving and how good you are at agility before we're actually looking at the mobility of a person and the basic human functions that we need to have as human beings. Right. So too quickly we are specializing, if that makes sense. Like looking at yeah, a absolutely. runner, we're like, yeah, how do we specialize? How do we make them a better runner? But we don't look at how do we make them a better human being before we look at how to make them a better runner because at you know we all have the same needs as human beings we all have to move well in certain ways you know rotate and move in every plane before we can actually build upon those skills yeah and i think the pyramid the- is actually a really great you know kind of visual aid i guess uh, i guess an audio aid but uh, placing mobility at the bottom, at the base of the pyramid, and then going up towards that. I've never really thought about it that way, but that's a really good way to think yeah, about it. Yeah, well, that's why I like, yeah, the, I like that. the simply human like movement pyramid has like move slow and like play at the bottom, and then mobility, yeah. and then like stress, adding stress onto that that yeah. system that's already like can already move correctly. And I think like the nutrition, sort of in the nutrition domain, that like the the parallel there is like okay, what powder can I sprinkle on my food? You know, how, how many, if I do this sort of flex eating where I can, if as long as I hit my macros, I can eat whatever I want, that's sort of like right. the specializing instead of just like, hey, yes. just eat, just eat food. Like, <laughs> right. like just get back to the exactly. basics. We don't have to make it so hard. Like, it's so easy. But Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And that's why another reason why I like the functional movement screen is you keep on kind of like hinting at the same thing that I talk about a lot is we've got two columns. We've got one the first column is the things that we can do well, that we can impose other demands on, on those movements. So we can add intensity by adding load, adding speed, things like that. And we've got the other column that we've differentiated that we know we cannot do very well. So we're probably more in the, uh, for those movements, we're working on how well we can do them. So we're still working on the mobility that it takes to, to be able to do those movements. Like for instance, if I can't squat well, I'm not going to be doing, you know, uh, back loaded squats. Right. I'm not going to load the barbell. I was literally just going to say, I was going to say squats. Like I, that's something that I don't do very particularly well is that squatting motion. I don't know why, but for years and years I was like, well, squats hurt doing back squats hurt. So I'm just, I'll do leg press and I'll do other things instead of squatting. And so we have a tendency to say, oh, I don't do this one well. So instead of working on it to where you do do it well, you just ignore it. Exactly. Exactly. And then what is great about, um, I I didn't really say that I've done a lot of videos and that was a big part of me and Mike starting our initial group. It's called The Result Cult. And we started this community um, that got together because we got a lot of questions from our clients, a lot of the same ones over and over. And it was a lot about like things that we we thought were kind of crazy, like what supplements should I take and what insoles should I right. put in my shoes? Yeah, yeah. And it was like, okay, we got to like 
on a big scale, send out a message that says you're not even doing the first thing to become more human. You have to be more proactive about um, some of these issues that are arising rather than become reactive, you know, by putting an insole in your shoe or taking an ibuprofen or whatever it is. We want to figure out why we have these issues rather than try to cover them up. So we came up with the result call to... um, to basically help people with this and put out a platform, which is Facebook and Instagram, of videos and um, just quotes and advice to help people out with that. And so I talk a lot about what you guys are talking about right now. What is your uh, what is the Instagram on that one? Is it just at Result Cult? Yes. Okay. At Result Cult. Yep. Result Cult. And I've got the website. We're gonna put in the show notes. Uh, and then I guess Facebook is just facebook.com slash Result cult, or is it the? Yep. Okay. Result cult. Uh, I believe it's yeah. I, I believe I, I know, it yeah. is just result cult. Okay, and I'll check it uh, first. But yeah, so so talk yeah. a little bit more about that. And I know you've got a book uh, coming out. Tell us about your book and like where people can find it and all that. Okay, so on August 9th, uh, it will be in an ebook form. You can get it on Amazon.com. So that will be the place to find it. Um, what the book is about is we kind of took a little bit of a risk and, you know, usually you go to the bookstore and you buy a book about diet and you're like, I want to learn about the Mediterranean diet. So I'm going to buy this book that says Mediterranean diet. And so that's kind of what book publishers and people are looking for. But we just decided that you can't isolate diet, exercise, and stress. We believe that, and when we say stress, I'm talking about like emotional stress. So I believe that all those things are very interrelated and so much so that you can't isolate them. So our book is about stress and the three categories, which would be dietary, movement, and emotional. And we talk about each one and, you know, basically give you, you know, multiple guides to finding out how to become more human, how to figure out how you should move like a human, eat like a human and reduce your stress. Cool. Yeah. I'm, a. am looking at the, uh, the little preview that you guys sent me and I'm, I'm scrolling through and it's like, you see like five ways to become more human. Uh, so this is definitely something that our listeners will just devour. Um, so, uh, so yeah, so I hope, I hope that, uh, every, all, anybody that's listening to this needs to check this book out and buy it. It's not, it's not one of those that's like $80 either. I mean, what is it like 15? Or? 9.99. Okay. Yeah, it's not even that. Bucks. Yeah. Yeah. So. Well, that's, I like your con, like you can't separate the diet from the exercise, from the stress. They're all, you know, equal parts of like, uh, the pie graph that makes up, you know, your human existence. And if you try to isolate one and ignore the others, I think you, you have problems. So I think that's a really, uh, really impressive point kind of that you're making that you can't just do one and not really do the others. One has an effect on the others and one has an effect on the others and they all affect each other in equal ways. Exactly. You know, actually, so I was talking to Mike and I keep talking about Mike again. He's the other part of the result call. He's my sounding board. So we were talking, we're going to have Mike on uh, next month. Mike's going to be on the show next month too. So yeah. Yeah. And so you're going to hear all, all kinds of awesome stuff from him, probably even better than me. Um, But he was, he put it this way, um, which I thought was brilliant. He said, now if I eat something bad, I'm going to slum over because I feel bad. When I'm slumming over, my posture is bad, which is, you know, impeding good movement. So I'm misaligned. My posture is getting worse, which then in 
turn makes me feel bad also. So it's all just one big revolving circle, one big vicious cycle, you yeah. know? Yeah. Yeah. I love that idea about, you know, this whole specializing thing. It's like you can't eat fast food every day and then just take a multivitamin and think that that's going to make you healthy in the same way that you can't just go out and like, you know, train for a marathon and only run and think that you're going to have healthy movement patterns. Uh, but anyway, right. we could talk forever about that. But um, so like, I know, right? What are some of the things that, that you do? I guess that you, yeah, you personally, like what does your mobility program look like for you? Well, uh, like any of my clients, I know what certain mobility problems I have, you know, where my dysfunctions or my asymmetries are. Uh, we put a lot of emphasis on do you have a difference right and left because if you do, then you will compensate with that stronger side or that more uh, freed up side. So, you know, personally, I know that my right shoulder is really tight compared to my left shoulder because I was a softball pitcher right. and I was also a shortstop. So with those constant overhead and constant um, underhand motions, like I'm all messed up from that and will continue to have to work on that for a long time. You see that in sports players all the time. So when I'm working on mobility, I'm working on that. And then obviously, uh, if I have a certain movement I'm doing that day, like if it's the day where I'm going to work on loading up a snatch pattern, I'm going to work on, you know, overhead range of motion as well as hip mobility and some ankle mobility before I, you know, put myself into those positions. Yeah. Now, uh, just real quick, we'll take a little tangent here. Uh, you may not have any, anything to say about this, but this is interesting to me, this, this point here. Okay. So like softball pitchers, the underhand, right? Like as opposed to like how you pitch overhand, like or how you throw from the shortstop, like that yeah. that movement is very unnatural. But like the underhand is is like how you is like the way that your shoulder is actually designed to move. So do you have any thoughts on True. that? Especially coming from someone who actually pitched underhand and had to throw overhand. So I kind of had to go back and forth. Huh. You know, I've never had a conversation about that specifically, <laughs> but I have obviously, uh, I was a strength conditioning intern for three years. So like we saw all kinds of messed up swimmers and softball players, baseball players, but yeah, the underhand motion is, is more, um, conducive to the scapula. Like yeah. if I'm coming up, um, in the position that my hand has to face and then I'm in external rotation as I release the ball, that's a natural, that's an anatomical position right, right. there. So you're exactly right. I don't have like a lot to say about <laughs> right, it, right. but well, it's, it's also totally like right. in basketball, that's why they try to get these, these guys that can't shoot free throws to shoot granny style. It's not because <laughs> it's like, if you think about it, it's like when you shoot granny style, your shoulders, it's a lot easier to keep the, the ball like in the same plane. Like when you're, when you, as soon as you bring the ball up and shoot it like traditionally, that's not like the right way. There's a lot more that can go wrong from the time that your the ball like leaves like you know your hand to the anyway. I always thought that was pretty interesting. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that is that's a good topic yeah. too. Yeah, <laughs> that we'll have you back on just to, after you get versed on uh, uh, softball pitching science. We'll have you back on <laughs> do a whole thirty minutes on that. But uh, all right, I'll are, go read up on. Yeah, that. there you go. So, what are some of the things that you see? Now we talked about your mobility, which is you know you've got one area of concern and then you just kind of work on you know things that you're going to be doing that day but what about like the people that come in that that just completely fail the fms test it can't squat it can't even squat down like with their feet at shoulder width with their heels on the ground like what do you like what are some of the things that you see day in and day out and then how do you uh what do you tell people to do to fix those things 
Yeah. Okay. Great question. And I'm sure that you see this all the time too, if you're a CrossFit coach, but I see some, uh, well, as Kelly Stratt likes to say, duck feet. So like every single time I do an assessment, I have, I mean, 99% of the time I should say a person that externally rotates from their hips and turns their feet out. So we have to work on, um, mobility of, uh, or lengthening glutes, hip flexors and ankles. And it's that's like me. every you know, time which, I squat, my feet you. go out and I have to fight that to get them kind of more like uh, straight on. Yeah. And it, like I was just having a conversation with someone at the box the other day and they were like, yo, I have so much pain. Uh, it's up here near my hip flexor. It might be on my T band. I'm not really sure what it is, but I think I'm going to go get an MRI, blah, blah, blah. And I said, well, what, how do you squat? And they showed me and I said, you don't just squat like that. I, I said, you're, you're snatching like that. You're doing cleans like that. You're running like that. You're wearing shoes right now that have heel lifts in them. You are going to have, you know, your hips are rotated out. Your femur's not set to, to be in that position. Your, your hips are jacked up now. You have to work on alignment. So turn your feet in and I guarantee some of that pain's going to go away. And the guy's been doing it ever since. And he said, it's getting a lot better. So that's my, well, that's good my for me because right now I've been thing. focusing on kind of doing more squats, even though I don't really like doing them. And my freaking hip flexors are sore. I notice it every day. I went and played hockey last week for the first time in a, you know, a few months. And, man, my hips were so sore after three or four days still. So I, so that's one thing. Alignment, okay. Check. Yeah, alignment, I would I work on okay. that. It, I don't know about you, Mark. Do you kind of promote for people to do the, turn their feet out when they're doing Olympic lifts and stuff? Or um, do you well, always to, say toes forward? Yeah, to me, like, and I know, like, Kelly Starrett, we mentioned him. He's been on the show. No big deal. Um, you know, he likes feet <laughs> to be straight ahead. Awesome. And I think that, there, to me, as long as you can externally rotate far enough to get that, that arc in your foot... So it's yeah. not like a at you know forty five degrees, maybe, you know anywhere from ten to maybe twenty twenty five degrees somewhere there. As long as you can get your knees and your and your ankles in that strong anatomical position, I'm okay with it. Um, mm-hmm. But if you can't, like for me, like I just I know for me, like I have to go out about you know five to ten degrees. Um, and then the first thing I think of when I see like a really bad duck feet is just they're just bypassing ankle. Um, you know, the dorsiflexion or yeah, dorsiflexion yep. problems. Right. Like we need to fix your ankles, you know, first. That's probably what it is. So, um, so yeah, that's, that's kind of what I do, but yeah. What are, what are some other things? Well, the thing is, I, I'm just thinking about this, um, recently is I'm all about doing whatever is most comfortable in your squat. But the problem that arises from that is if I'm strengthening a position that I am, that's detrimental to my body because I'm walking that way. Right. So you get a person that comes in and they're walking with their feet turned out. That's a that's a bad position for the hip and you know it's limiting your ankle dorsiflexion. So it's not good for the ankle. And then we're strengthening ourselves in that position in full range of motion. So it's in a full depth squat. I think that that's the problem. You know, with me is if you're doing it because you are compensating for not having the range of motion, that's where I see the problem. Right. Yeah, if you have the range of motion, but you just feel more comfortable with your feet out, okay. But if you just can't do it, I think you should work on it. So I think take a step back, light up the weight, and start working on on doing it with your toes forward. Yeah, that's and, just and it's I've a had, rant that I go. I've on had people show now. me videos and be like, "Well, look at this guy. Look at this Olympic lifter. He's uh, his knees go valgus, like they turn in, and his feet are out." And I'm like, "You know what? Yeah. He's clean and jerking like 450." 
So I, I think yeah. whatever he's doing is working for him. And so that's not you. So we can stop, you know, comparing yourself <laughs> to the Olympic you yeah, know, medalist. That's true. So it's like that he that person is a uh, or just a rare, you know, anomaly. And if it if he can go valgus and clean and jerk five hundred pounds, then go for it. <laughs> Yeah, totally. Well, I wear uh, lifting shoes when I'm in a competition, when I have to do a max on, you know, a squat or clean or whatever it is. And it doesn't go against my philosophy at all because like that's game time. Like I have the range of motion that I need. I wear minimal shoes 99% of the time. But when it comes to game time, like I'm going to do whatever it takes to lift as much weight as I can. I mean, similar to that guy, like if he, you know, has human function and he's working on all that outside of his training and then the day that he goes out to do his one rep max and he's compensating in all weird ways, like that's what he's got to do to to win. I don't know. That's just how I see it for myself. I'm sure you're familiar with Dmitry Klokov. Uh, but you know, that guy, like every now and then you'll see, like he has a little bit of a butt wink sometimes. And, and Will, uh, Fleming has been on the show. He talked about butt wink, how your hips kind of turn under and sometimes his knees come in a little bit, but it's like that guy can one arm snatch 200 pounds. So it's like, you know, yeah, he's, he's good. Like we don't need to worry about that guy, but, um, oh, actually this, right, this right. brings up something that Rick and I talked about and I'm going to ask you this and then we've got time for the final question that I'm going to ambush you with. Um, but Rick and I were talking about this the other day and I was, I was trying to explain to him like, and I'm going to see your take on this. Like my, my sort of philosophy is to like your deadlift, your squat, back squat, your front squat, your overhead squat, like from your neck to your ankles in all those positions should roughly be like pretty similar. I mean, there's going to be a little variance as far as like where the weight is loaded, but is that, is that how you see it? Like anytime that you're in a squat, no matter where the weight is loaded, it should be you know, pretty similar. So you're saying no matter what position I'm holding the bar in where the load is, I should look the same? Pr- pretty much. I mean, like if you're a front squat, you're going to be able to lean back just a little bit more. It's like, but, but as far as like just the sort of overall sort of that global position that it's, you know, your knees in relation to your hips, in relation to your torso, to your ankles should all be pretty, pretty similar. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean... Because you're going to be the most efficient when the load is as as vertical as it can be. So, you know, a lot of people will only back squat. And then when you're only back squatting, a lot of times you're going to your spine is 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 flexing forward. And that's inefficient. You're not going to be able to carry as much load. You're not going to be able to, to lift as much. And, you know, over time you have a lot of chronic issues. So I guess the way that I'm answering your question is just. Absolutely. You should always be as vertical as as possible. So they should all look pretty vertical as much as you can be. And then uh, this isn't the ambush question, but uh, I just thought of this. What is like if you had to say, all right, you have to give one one position or movement the gold medal above all other movements. What movement wins the gold medal in your Olympics? Uh, Well, I'm going to have to say the squat, (laughs) you know. Yeah, that would be my uh, the squat because it's it's the most it's it's complex so it's gonna expose any dysfunction that you have in your thoracic, um, in your hips, in your lumbar spine, and in your ankles, and so it just exposes so many problems and that's assessment wise. And then as far as you know, just giving us an idea of human health, I think that it just. I think it's the most encompassing, you know, because yeah, it's yeah. just so many joints. So, and beyond that, it, it's the 
it's a natural human resting position. We all know that. We all talk about that all the time. So yeah. it's just not done enough and there's not as much it's getting better. We're getting more knowledgeable. So we're all seeing the benefit in it. But, you know, like five years ago, we were all doing parallel squats or like doing these little halvesy palsy pulse squats yeah. <laughs> and stuff like that, where it was just like, really, you know, like now we're starting to get the squat is actually a very uh, help health functional position. Yeah. You know, it's you not, go. it's not just an exercise. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, yeah. it's resting. Position. And it's, yeah, it's sad how many people just can't, can't even do the squat. But I just wrote an article for Sarah Fragoso's website and it was about how the squat is, is the number one position. And that, uh, my, my one a is, uh, the pull up. I think the pull up needs, everybody needs yeah. to be able to do a pull up, but okay. So before we let you go, I need to ask you the final question. It's something we ask all new guests and it is, uh, what is something that you enjoy about life or something you do to make life more enjoyable? And it doesn't have to have anything to do with anything we just talked about. Okay, I'm going to say number one, paddle boarding. Sweet. I, yeah, it's just, and if I could even make that a little bit broader, because it's probably really the truth, is just being outside. I think that, you know, not only is it like a chemical happiness, but, um, you know, like if, just let yourself be outside, experience um, the outdoors, and it is it will chemically make you happier. And so I've made a point in my journey of of learning about health to do that more often, and it just makes a world of difference. So that's my absolute obsession. Awesome. Hopefully that's not a lame answer. No, absolutely no, no, not. that's a great answer. Yeah, that's great. The lame cool. ones are like when people are like, oh, going to the movies. Uh, but no one's actually ever said that. So. I don't think anybody said that yet, Mark. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, was, that was mine. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, Michelle, hang out for just a second. I'm going to stop the recording, but uh, we really appreciate you being on, and hopefully we'll have you on again soon. All right. Thank you very much. You're listening to the Simply Human Podcast. All right. Thank you, Michelle. Uh, we will have all of her stuff in the um, show notes, facebook.com slash the result cult. Uh, you can uh, follow her on Instagram at result cult and all that good stuff will be in the show notes. Uh, so it is now time for the humans being human segment. And uh, we talked to Blake Lewis. We ambush Blake Lewis. Yeah, we he, call him and he's he like, is, he's Hello? in Chicago at a training and he, I, I was just texting him, dude, I really need to talk to you at this time for 10 minutes. Just give me 10 minutes. So he like broke out of his training, like thinking there was some emergency. Hey, your, your house is on fire. Yeah, Blake. And he's yeah. like, Hello? like, Hey, we need to record a story with you. He's like, that's why you're calling me. Yeah. So Blake was on episode two of the Simply Human podcast, telling a really funny story, and the this best, is a, the be, that's the the pinnacle of the humans being human. Yeah. It's between that and is that the kind you shove in or, or hammer, hammer in from yeah. Glenn? So but, here is here is yeah. Blake and something uh, a time that he mis mistook someone for someone else. All right. That's a whole thing. All right, Blake Blake uh, Lewis Blake Lewis on the show. Uh, if you may remember Blake from one of the all time greatest humans being human stories. Uh, about a guy who pooped his pants in a party bus and then threw his pants out the window and didn't have that any pants. That was by far my favorite, and it was like episode two. It's been all downhill from there. So yeah, yeah I know that was that was like that was episode two. Um, okay, what so Blake, I don't even know. I don't even know the story I'm about to tell. Right, so Blake, the story I want you to tell is okay. Back when uh, Blake, I believe, was coaching, I can't remember. Yep. You were coaching at either ACU or, or Abilene High. They would volunteer for the Special Olympics, like, and they would go and they would like, you know, assist and volunteer and and lead the races and make sure that everybody kind of got to the the right spot. Is that what 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 right. time frame are we talking about? Are you were you at Abilene High at this time? 
No, I was I was playing okay. um, at ACU. I was a, I was a player, but Coach Rippey was the uh, was the guy that he was just a big fan of Special Olympics until he had all the offensive linemen go every year. Okay, and uh, and work it. So who all work would that, so, that thing so who all would would be like the volunteers? Like so, it was you guys. It was the it was the offensive line students, college students, and then like Coach Rippey, the the head, the offensive line coach, and then and then who else would be there volunteering? Um, other than that would be like, like just, I guess, random, random people that wanted to, I, I don't know. You had the special Olympic athletes and then they had like their coaches, but right, right, right. there was a lot of people there. There was a lot of people that showed up just to like, so there's people, you know, supported or whatever. Right. Okay. Maybe their parents and stuff. I don't know. So, so speaking as, as clearly as you can tell the story. Starting, starting, is that, okay. The quick version is that uh, well, we had eight minutes? So tell the eight minute version. <laughs> I don't have eight minutes. I give you the five or four minute version. There you go. So Perfect. basically, there's a um, every year I worked with Special Olympics at ACU, and um, I did like the shot put and I did the, you know the, the relays and all all kinds of things. But like one, they just kind of give you different jobs. And one of the jobs is just to stand at the finish line, and you are you know there's ten kids running. And, and every lane will be someone at the finish line as just like an encouraging person for them to run to. And then when they cross the finish line, you celebrate like there's just the, they just won the Super Bowl, you know? And yeah. they, they feel the excitement and someone's there to run to and they just think it's awesome, right? Well, and just, and just so interject, and interject real quick. Blake is about 6'4", and at the time of this story, he probably weighed, what, three, 300, 305? Big, big dude. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So just keep that, so, that it's important. Yeah. So I spent a, I spent a whole day doing this, like different races. They have you know all kinds of races. But you're you're out there all day long, just you know assigned to a lane and encouraging somebody. And one of those races was the uh, um, the sprint relay. It was like a quarter, but you know you had a hundred, you know four people ran up a quarter, right? And you're handing off the baton. And so in this instance, we had like someone at every hundred yards where they hand off the baton to. To be the to be the celebrator, to be the encourager. Whatever. So you've got you've got for eight lanes, you've got four people for every lane standing right. at the. Right. Yeah, well, I mean, I don't know if there's a person in every lane, but there was you know three or four teams anyway. And right. So and, you know they had people kind of spread out <laughs> around there. Anyway, so I'm standing there, and my my guy's in front of me, and he has a he has a baton, and they're about to start a race. And so I start I start cheering him up, I start pumping him up. I said, Hey, are you you ready to do this? He said, Yeah, I'm, I'm ready. And I just get fired up, and I. Jump up and down, says, "Let's go, baby, let's go!" And then he just stopped and looked at me and turned and said, "I am the uh, I'm the coach. I'm the Special Olympics coach." <laughs> and and so I uh, I realized that he, he said, "It's like it's like there's a race where they're like they're competing with their coach. They get to hand the baton off to their coach, right? So they run a section and." It's, and so I, I said, "Yeah, okay, nothing. Yeah, I'm sorry." And, uh, the funny part is that he's probably told this story way more times than I have. Yeah. You know, he's told that story. <laughs> this yeah. big guy was like, come on, man, you got this. You can do yeah. this. You are, you are doing so good. <laughs> it's uh, like the episode of Seinfeld where Mel Torme thought that uh, Kramer yeah, yes. was challenged and they singing the song to him at the end. And then he's got like the anesthesia like in his yeah. mouth and he's drooling all out. Yeah. <laughs> Gosh, terrible. <laughs> well, okay, that's one that I'd I'd forgotten about. Yeah. Is there any is there any like uh, 
follow up? Like, what's the? Did you ever talk to the guy afterwards or anything? No, I just I just walked away immediately. Told the story. <laughs> There's lots of people. Almost almost got hit by a shot put too in Special Olympics. I think I told you that story. No, where, say it. Like it, yeah. It what? was just. Like you're standing out there marking their throws, but you know, you know, those, those kids get all fired up and pumped up, and they throw it like three or four feet, and then, so we'd stand back like twenty feet, and they throw it, and you mark, and you bring the you bring the shot back to him, and he he kept saying like I'm gonna hit you, like he was gonna throw it all the way out to where I was, like he was gonna hit me, and I'm like, no, you can't hit me, I mean, you can't throw it this far, you know, and he'd throw it, and I'd bring it back to him, and, and so like as soon as I handed it to him. Like while I was close, he just threw it as hard as he could right, <laughs> up, right in my face, right, right there. And, uh, so I was, I like did like a matrix move and ducked and dodged it. And like he was like, "Yeah, I'm serious. I'm gonna hit you." Then you ran after him and tackled him and just started yeah. punching him in the stomach. <laughs> yeah, I threw it back at him. Yeah. Uh, anyway, oh, man. hey, I gotta go. We're all going back in a minute. In all right. Round, so. All right. Cool. You can all hang right. up. Later, dude. All right, see you, man. Bye. <laughs> All right, yeah, that's a classic uh, Blake story. I just, you know, how stupid would you feel? And you're like, come on, man, you got yeah. this. You're, Man, this is going to be so, you're going to run so fast. And then the guy's like, yeah. I'm, I'm uh, the coach. I'm one of the coaches. Won yeah. the Olympic gold medal in 1968. <laughs> I know that I can run very fast. Well, it's like, I, I think I've told on the podcast about when I was, on my thirtieth birthday, what happened to me is have I told this like three times when I was I don't know. when I was so mistaken. I'll, I'll stop so, you so I you know, that's back when I was thirty, it's been you know, four years ago I was doing my endurance training stuff. I weighed about thirty pounds less than I do now and I had a shaved head and shaved face and like, oh, like yeah. Like bald shaved head. Yeah. Like with a razor. And I was it and it was thir- it's on my thirtieth birthday. We we're out to eat lunch and this lady came up to me and she was like, Oh hey, Carl, you look great and I was kinda looked over at her like, Yeah, I'm I'm not, you know, I think you got the wrong person. And she could have just walked off and just not said anything. But she said, oh, I'm sorry. You reminded me of my friend Carl who just got finished with chemotherapy. <laughs> and I was just like, oh. I'm, a, I'm an athlete, man. Right. Would you like to see me do some, some shirtless deadlifts <laughs> in my driveway? I could ride my bike really far. <laughs> have you ever been mistaken for someone who you're not really are? Uh, <laughs> no, not really. Uh Probably back in the day, people probably saw me at a distance and thought, oh, my God, there's Humpty Dumpty. <laughs> but uh, no, I've never been uh, Tom Cruise, you know, every now and then. Right. People are like, oh, hey. Oh, my bad. Well, I, I get in, in this, you know, add, add this to the Mark Rogers bragging montage. But I have used to get Owen Wilson a lot. And I don't see that at all. Like I but it, it, it happens like. A lot. You've gotten Owen Wilson more than once. Oh, a lot. Like, a are dozens. you kidding me? No. I could see maybe one person who's an idiot doing that. Yeah, like that's what several I'm, people. Yeah, like random strangers. Like, hey, you just coming up to me at like a grocery store or something. Like, hey, you look like Owen Wilson. And I'm just like, what? Oh, so they're not actually mistaking you. Oh, right. You are Owen Wilson. No. They're saying, hey, by the way. Yeah. Right. That I resemble him in some way, but I absolutely do not see it. I dated a girl, uh, Lolly, who looked like little- Owen Wilson. No, that's not true. She's a very nice person. Uh, her little sister thought that I looked like country music superstar Brad Paisley, mm. which I don't know that yeah. is. I had a Wikipedia. Well, Wikipedia didn't exist then, but I was like, Brad Paisley, what is that? I was so, I, I was mistaken for, I was at a uh, like a physician recruiting conference deal in Miami and staying at this hotel that had this big club in the lobby where the new kids on the block 
were it's back when they were like on their tour. Let me guess. Donnie? Well, no. So these four girls oh. run up to me. I'm like walking through the lobby to go eat dinner and then I go back to my room because I'm by myself. And these four girls like run up to me and they were like, we know who you are. And I, and at, right. that, at that point, I could have been like, nope, I'm not anybody. Let's go. Yeah. Or fingers let's go. Room 321. Or I could have said, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, I was like, well, maybe. I, and they were like, we know you're Donnie's brother or something. Like one of the one of the new kids on the block's brother. And I said, well, maybe I am. Maybe I'm not. And they were like, we knew it. We knew it. <laughs> so they all took pictures with me and like put like we're all posting it on their Facebook. This has been, gosh, this is like five, eight years ago. And, you know, I wish I could have like seen, you know, their Facebook posts. Look, we're with Donnie's brother. And then all the people commenting. No, that's uh, that's not him. That's an idiot from Texas. <laughs> yeah, you've been duped. All right. Well, <laughs> there it is. Blake and mistaking someone for someone else. All right, thanks, Blake, uh, for doing that. Thank you for taking a couple minutes out of your day where Mark was like giving you the vague, I call that the vague dad text. (laughs) I'll get a text from my dad that just says, call me. And then like immediately after that, it's it's nothing urgent, but I need you to call me immediately as soon as you get this. I'm like, oh God, what does that mean? Well, that's what basically you did to Blake. Like, hey, give me, I need you to call me. Hurry, I need you. Hurry up. And it turns out it's for the podcast. Yeah, your dad's like, uh, can you what uh, input does the TV need to be on to watch uh, VCR? Yep, that's exactly what those tend to be. <laughs> awesome. All right. Yes. Well, it is now time for the tip of the week. Something you can start doing today to become a more healthy human. And and this, I'm sure this has like a, a broader reach. We we've had like a bunch of very broad, sort of uh, abstract tips of the week lately. So yeah. I want I want to do one that's just like a very practical. Do this. Well, it's your podcast this week. And it's this. Free, and it, free to do what you want. And it, it, it sort of stems from an encounter I had at a grocery oh, store recently. Oh, slower. Yeah, well, with a World War II veteran. Oh, well, yeah, maybe not. Talk faster. <laughs> talk faster to your normal rate. <laughs> so I'm at the grocery store, and there's this old man like at the register oh, you know, next to mine, and he's got a hat on that says, you know, World War II veteran. And this guy has, you know, got to be, you know, got to be over 60, <laughs> like... Just kidding. He's yeah, he's got to be over 80. Much older. He was probably like 90s. Yeah, you know, I was going to say, 90s. probably yeah. rolling like 90s yeah. and to 100s, yeah. Yeah, and you know, all hunched over, and you just you could barely, you, you know, he just looked like you could just blow on him, and he'd he'd blow over, you know. But no, you that's know, probably a weird way I, to phrase it. I would, never, I would never do that to the man. But, <laughs> you, you know. Never, I would never, I'm making this point right now on the podcast. Yeah. I will never push down a 100-year-old veteran. <laughs> Man, that is the definition of having character, I think. Um, so anyway, yeah. so it's not every day that you see a World War II veteran. And I have, you know, I've read a lot of World War II books and watched That's a lot a of document, document. <laughs> it's sad that reading is now like bragging. <laughs> I read some books. Yeah, that's bragging now. <laughs> uh, you know, watched a lot of the, uh, you know, History Channel, World War II stuff. And you just sort of get this uh, respect for those for those folks. Anyway, so when he walked past me, I, I like stuck my hand out. And he like grabbed me and like flipped me over, like judo chopped me. Just kidding. Um, hmm. He was still, he still had it. Um, all his training. <laughs> this is how I fought the Kaiser. <laughs> <laughs> so oh, he's like World War Two, not World War One. Well, it's still a funny. Same line. thing, same thing. So I stuck, I stuck my hand out, and he sort of looked up, and I he shook my hand, and I said, "I just want to shake your hand. It's not every day you get to shake the hand of a, a World War Two veteran." And he sort of, you know, he kind of got a little misty eyed, you know, and he looked up at me, and he said, "Said I just stole this hat, stolen valor." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And he uh, he looked at me and he goes, uh, 
uh, it wasn't it wasn't very fun, but I would do it. I would do it again. And he just and he sort of shuffled off, you know. And so anyway, it was just kind of a cool encounter. So the tip of the week is very practically find a, a veteran. Uh, it doesn't have to be World War II, and shake their hand and tell them if you know if you if they saw some action, you know, uh, tell them you appreciate them, and it could be a family member or and you know even for uh for Rick who is a man in uniform and just shake Rick's hand and say I appreciate what you, don't you do. You have to for thank us. my hand. I, don't, I mean, I, it, we do get people every once in a while around. Like, hey, thanks for what you do. Well, I mean, I get paid for it, and it's what I want to do. But I, I, it's a different story. I feel like for veterans, they 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 saw and they experienced things that are. Uh, far worse than anything any of us could ever imagine. And, uh, you know, I have the, the privilege of sitting in a car next to a, uh, a Marine veteran who did tours in Afghanistan and Iraq, and he showed me all these pictures and videos and told me the stories. And, and it's just, it's, uh, you know, I, we owe a debt of gratitude to those people, especially now that it's an all-volunteer force no one's drafted in it's an uh, it's a a volunteer force we owe those people a, an extreme debt of gratitude so i think that's a very good tip that you're giving us mark so uh, it is it'll make you feel better and make them feel better and oh rick's yeah. rick's partner's name is assault rifle browning is that right no no it's an equally strange uh equally memorable name it's colt remington oh i got the i got the makes and models you were close oh beretta six hour over here <laughs> so you could probably name way more guns than me since you like have many guns i probably could Winchester four ninety seven. I just own a couple. Yeah, well, you have. A I'm not exactly. Uh, we can. <laughs> this is a whole other podcast topic, but I'm not exactly gun nut. I thought you were gonna say guns McGee. Um, well, I could say that. Not exactly guns McGee. Ah, there you go. That's more Rick. All, All right. right. So I think that's gonna do it. So we got a lot of cool stuff coming up. Um, let's see. This is episode ninety one. So episode ninety three, I believe, is Kate Galliette. We recorded that ah. yesterday. So we have yes. a really cool conversation with her about. Nothing, not about movement pillars or anything else, but just about uh, enjoying life, which is a really cool conversation. Uh, Michael Ruscio is coming on the show. We've got some folks from a like a out like a you've wilt. been teasing Michael Ruscio for like two months. I know, I know. Well, we keep having to push the thing back. He's really cool. Google him. R U S C I O. And then we've got like some wilderness outdoor people are gonna be on. Like it sounds pretty cool. I need it's very to very vague. I know I need to refresh like I'm thinking <laughs> of Sandra and Elvin from uh the Cosby show when they owned the wilderness store. Oh. Uh, you're, tell your wife about that. She'll get that joke Cosby because she show. and I are you know, despite the current climate, we're still Cosby show uh we're like the we could write the Cosby show Wikipedia. So you're you're not. going on the record saying that you are a Bill Cosby fan. No, no, I'm not saying that at all. <laughs> I'm saying the sh- the program that starred many other okay. people it wasn't just him. You're probably uh, eating a Subway sandwich right now. Oh, you. Stop it right now. <laughs> you're, about to, you're about to cross a line, pal. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it is funny. I, uh, I just was looking for something recently. Oh, this is probably not going to be funny. And I opened up this little cabinet. And all nine seasons of The Cosby Show we have <laughs> on DVD that I bought for my wife one year for like her birthday. And now this. Anyway, okay. Fun. <laughs> Thanks a lot. Still um, good story of the year. Yeah. Uh, so find us online at simplyhumanlifestyle.com. You can go to the store tab on that website and see what we use and things that we support as far as anywhere from shoes to uh, food supplements, multivitamins, um, meat. Mm, yes, grass-fed meat. meat. Lots of yummy meat. I'm thawing out some primal ground beef from Slanker Grass-Fed Meats uh, today. No, no, it is like... It's it's oh. organ meat ground up, like ground up. <laughs> so it's like 
Yeah, it's beef, <laughs> lots of bull, bull organs. Um, yeah, it's like kidney and spleen and heart all ground up. You, and it's uh, super nutritious and awesome. If you're into that stuff, you can probably find them more on the website. If you're like me and you think that's weird, they have regular meat there too. Yeah, like they do. A- a- excellent stuff. So, uh, anyway, also follow me on Twitter and Instagram at simplyhuman52. Email the show simplyhumanlifestyle at gmail.com. You can email Rick at simplyhumanrick at gmail.com. So, that's going to do it for this edition of the Simply Human Podcast. And remember, so we have a tendency to say, oh, I don't do this one well. So instead of working on it to where you do, 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 do. So until next time, enjoy yourself. Black.